Good evening and welcome to <clears throat> SA Soccer Roundtable here. We have host Rafa here with us tonight, and tonight we have uh, Coach Mason on from the SA Roadrunners here. Or pardon me, SA Runners, I apologize about that. Um, before you're here, welcome to the show, uh, Mason and Rafa. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Great, thank you for having me. So tonight, basically, this is hopefully going to be the first of many that uh, we're going to try to focus a little bit more on uh, the National Soccer League here uh, with you know Mason's team, the, the runners, as well as uh, try to involve the other uh, teams uh, in the league, um, as well as other lower uh, lower leagues uh, throughout uh, you know Texas as well here uh, for that here. And I know Scott's going to be doing a little bit more on the high school side coming up. Uh, if and when they do kick out. So um, hopefully this will be, <clears throat> these will be a little bit shorter shows, maybe, you know, 15 minutes, half hour, depending on the conversation. Uh, but tonight, uh, you know, let's kind of look back at a little bit of the history um, of the runners uh, for that here, where they've, where they've been um, in the past here, uh, which they've been playing in the UPSL uh, since uh, 20. 18, uh, they were the heart champions, went 11-3-0 and 0, uh, the first season. Uh, 2019, the central heart champions again in the spring uh, as well, 12-1-1 one one, uh, during the regular season. And then, uh, you know, 2019 fall season, 5-3-2. and two. And then, of course, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, 2019 uh, or 2020 spring season uh, was hampered by COVID here. So, that unfortunately did not uh, kick off as planned here. Um, but overall, in the UPSL, you had, a, 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 to me, an outstanding record of 28-7-3. and three. Um, So just your thoughts kind of on your past history so far, Mason, you know, with the runners, with UPSL, um, before we get to uh, the news uh, of the day. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, great uh, introduction and a lot of accurate facts for the history of us. <laughs> Uh, very, very happy about that. The things you forgot to mention, of course, were the Open Cup qualifying rounds that uh, uh, we did advance to the second one in 2019. So we're happy about that. And that was kind of what we were focusing on the third season in the UPSL. So, and you still have that coming up, right, though? We, we, we do. Um, unfortunately, for 2021, uh, the local qualifying rounds would have already started in September, so U.S. Soccer just went ahead and canceled that. And most teams uh, get an automatic bid into the first round. Okay. So we, we weren't one of those since we always do local qualifying. And since we um, decided not to stay in the UPSL for this fall because of how crazy 2020 has been, and we weren't too sure if we could meet up to the standards as well, so for the fall, so uh, we're not sure that we'll be eligible for, you know, an automatic bid. Okay. But with the NSL, we definitely are. Okay. So, and I know you kind of already tipped the cap there. Uh, this year, you're going to be moving to uh, the National Soccer League uh, Texas uh, Central Division uh, for that here. It's going to be a new division here. I know they've announced four teams so far with uh, SA Runners. Um, let me see if I can get this. Uh, um, Steel Cannons FC, uh, Coyotes FC, which is in, uh, somebody that they're you know that you guys already have history with, and uh, Deportivo La Real Football Club. And I'm sorry if I chopped up that one in Austin here. So uh, thoughts on moving uh, to uh, the National Soccer League? A little bit of kind of what prompted it, and 
Um, also, I know uh, you've announced that uh, you have a role with that. So if you can expand on a little bit of, uh, you know, number one, what the runners are going to be doing, and then a little bit more on what your specific role and, and how we can help you um, and help the game grow here in, in San Antonio and, and Texas in general. Right. Well, the, um, the NSL is the National Soccer League. It's based out of Florida. And um, they're, they're in a couple of states that are growing into a, a fully national league. We looked at uh, opportunities to join them. And, and initially what we were looking at was what is the best place to put uh, a team in, in every division and every age group or, or level for us as a, as a senior adult, we'll just say for now, men's club. And ideally, you know, those, those are low barrier to uh, entries. You know, low cost, uh, uh, you know, minimum standards are, are low at the moment as well. And that's so that clubs like ours uh, can be empowered to not spend so much money to pay like a USL entry fee and can turn around and help build their own clubs, put the money and reinvest it back into what they're doing. So we're really happy for that uh, format and platform. That looked like that was uh, definitely something for us to do, especially with all the uncertainty going on with uh, COVID-19 for the whole 2020. So it, it's allowing us to do a slow and um, uh, correct return to play in a safe manner for everyone involved. And we haven't really had any uh, many issues trying to prepare for that. So I've been named the NSL Texas, Central Texas uh, Division Manager for the conference. And essentially my job is to try to head and get the conference going, get the teams in, uh, you know, uh, work with everybody around their schedules and, and their availability. Some people have their own facilities, some do not. Um, and just trying to get a, a safe return to play. We've got a lot of great things in store for next year. And uh, at the moment, we just need to get everything going right now. Rafa, did you have any questions just up front? And that way we can kind of go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, just asking, uh, um, Mason, uh, as far as selecting your team, like what, what, what steps do you take as far as getting your players out, you know, creating your team? You know, what do you look for or like, you know, during, you know to, to get those, those 20 players, those top 20 players or whatever amount of players you have on there? Well, for, uh, for a very long time since I was the club coach at UTSA, I have been very limited at how I'm able to recruit. So basically, we just announce tryouts, and we see who shows up, and go from there. And uh, I've always been one to play a system to the players that I have instead of uh, try to play the players to a system because you know it doesn't always work we don't always have someone who's left-footed or a, a, a keeper for instance at no. all for one year so it, it's very random and uh you know one of the things that i'm proud of is out of all those games that we've played with runners we've never used the same starting 11 and uh for the most part the same majority group of the starting 11 it's always different and we're always trying to get everybody prepared in every manner, uh, teach them soccer, get them uh, ready to play so that they have good touch. They can adapt and adjust mm -hmm. randomly to any circumstance on the field 
and be prepared for it. Essentially, we want to prepare them to uh, just go out and play, and we let them play. So my next question kind of has to do with that tier, and I guess this would be more kind of uh, for the future of uh, the runners here. Uh, you know, uh -huh. once we get past the COVID, you know, mess situation, and we return to whatever the new normal will be, what what do you vision? You know, the the runners to look like going forward. Well, we, uh, we're at this fantastic facility. Uh, it's brand new. It's called Soccer Central. That's also where the Juventus Academy in San Antonio is playing. And they're still building it. Uh, they've got the frames up for the indoor facility and the offices. And they've got five fields already built. So it, it's pretty uh, impressive. Um, we're very excited for the possibilities uh, that are in store once the... Once the whole facility is finished with the weight room and the cryogenic lab and the classrooms and the cafe to feed the kids and watch film, uh, indoor facility in case of it rains. So our scope of training and the type of players we'll be able to uh, develop in the right environment that you know we'll be able to cultivate a challenging, basically full-time professional soccer environment. They'll be building a stadium as well. So, you know, we're, we're definitely looking to chase that professional sanctioning in one of these leagues pretty soon. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the women's game. And, and um, it's a hot topic, uh, you know, with Danielle and, and with others around here. Um, I know there's already several uh, women's teams, you know, whether it's WPSL, uh, UWS, uh, any plans on – you know, obviously not immediately, but uh, possibly down the road, being able to capitalize, you know, with the Soccer Central facility about doing a women's program as well? Absolutely. So we uh, were planning to launch a women's program this year, but of course COVID happened and, and we weren't able to do that. Women is uh, very popular. Women's soccer is very popular here in San Antonio. As you mentioned, there are a lot of teams. So when I started to look at the industry and assess the markets, there weren't a lot of men's teams. And compared to women's teams in town, there still aren't as many men's teams. So that seemed to be the kind of no-brainer place to start. Uh, low barrier to entry with the UPSL, kind of figure our way through the semi-pro uh, industry and, and fields to see how it runs and, and see is this a feasible you know business that we could keep afloat and help uh the community so with that being said we've definitely looked in it where there are several options that we're looking into but we are absolutely intending on starting uh women's uh program this upcoming spring we've got a, a fantastic coach who's very qualified to do it and uh, it's completely separate from our men's program. So we've, we're, we've got everything compartmentalized now, and, and it's not just me running around doing everything like <laughs> I used to. Uh, and, and so our, our room for growth now is just uh, exponentially rising. You know, beforehand, I was very limited with time. You know, there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many things that I was doing, I, I could do, from the marketing to uh, getting the live stream set up with Chris, uh, our um, technical director for wizard broadcasting as well as doing the coaching and training and watching film and assessing the other teams and then working with the league to do the scheduling and and all of that stuff so a lot of the load has been taken off of my plate 
and we've delegated those duties to professionals in their um, in their field, and, and that's definitely going to help us grow. And you'll see that growth uh, blossom here in 2021. Any other questions that you have, Rafa? Uh, just uh, looking for what do you, like I said, so as far as accomplishing it with this new league, uh, do you see it growing with more teams around the area? Is, is that the, is that the goal? Or any 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 potential new teams that you're maybe looking at, like some areas, you know, maybe like Laredo or or like San Marcos or Corpus Christi, absolutely, or even the Valley too. Well, oh well, so being born and raised in the Valley, that's one of the things that I've been working on is to kind of launch the Valley and get some teams going there. Uh, one of the concerns that has always been an issue for everybody from high school to youth club is kids crossing through the checkpoint. And uh, especially right now, that's uh, definitely a heated issue. And it would be more uh, worrisome for a lot of those people that I am familiar with and work with. Other than that, there's definitely a lot of people who could put together a team. There's a lot of soccer. Uh, recently, during the summer, I was at a, uh, uh, a men's tournament that somebody who owned a uh, Mexican taqueria put together so that they could have trophies and and get everybody going again and it was at a little facility in edinburgh and uh, that was pretty impressive but there's there's definitely a lot of uh, places down there well between the toros in edinburgh and um mcallen sports park brownsville has always been very strong uh they've had the brownsville bravos who i played for back during uh, pdl and uh, also the um Brownsville FC, that was the NPSL team. Those are teams that we're looking at getting into. Uh, the Harlingen Celtics were always a big club down when I grew up playing for the McAllen Border Bandits, and that turned into the Dynamo South Texas Academy. So it, it's kind of just now that I'm not there anymore, talking to my friends that I grew up with and <laughs> seeing, seeing, hey, you want to put a team together or do you want to put your team in this league? And uh, with COVID and, and you know the, the travel, of course, uh, right now, a lot of people have not been too interested in doing that. Uh, they're they're fine with just playing the Sunday league games, and and technically, the Sunday league games aren't going on yet either. It's yeah. just uh, you know mini tournaments that people can put together, and teams sign up for like a hundred and twenty dollars, and they have a roster of uh, fifteen to twelve to fifteen, and they just get going. So we're we are definitely looking at growing the league in the state. Uh, we're very excited about that. Houston's been very, very strong. Corinthians just won the Houston division, so that goes to show for uh, how strong San Antonio is. And that's always been one of our concerns with the UPSL was it's so regionally compartmentalized. You know, you win the region over and over again, but there's no competition outside of it. Mm-hmm. How do you compete with Dallas? Every time we go to playoffs, somebody goes to Dallas and loses. It doesn't matter if they're from Houston or San Antonio or the Valley. And, and we all know Dallas is a huge Texas soccer powerhouse. And that's one of the things that I'd like to change. I'd like to make uh, San Antonio Soccer City USA, just like, you know, it is military city. We've definitely got the diversity and we've definitely got the interest. You know, the city is trying to push to be a big international city. You know, they've got their football with the university programs, but uh, it's bewildering to me because soccer is the largest international sport. And if you're trying to bring in money, you're trying to grow the community, you've got cities building infrastructure and stadiums just to uh, place a bid for the 2026 World Cup. You know, why is San Antonio not doing that? 
we could definitely host it after Alamo Dome. So, you know, or at least a game. And yeah. um, the we've got now five years, probably a, a good, strong two to three to kind of show the country and the world that, you know, San Antonio is a big soccer city. Mm-hmm. There was There's definitely a lot of demand for it. And the women's um, interest shows that definitely. Um, so... With that being said, I do definitely think the NSL has a good chance to grow. Uh, I believe they even have a great opportunity to be professionally sanctioned. The U.S. Soccer uh, Federation made a deal with UEFA that the winner of the Open Division gets to play the winner of UEFA's Open Division. So we're looking forward to those opportunities. You go win state with NSL, you get it, you advance to the Nationals, and you go win Nationals, well, instead of ending there they have a, their own version of the Champions League, and it's called the Nations Soccer League, and you could still play teams from other countries. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it stops uh, with uh, America. And that's really good because it helps us be more of an international soccer community. Uh, we can bring people here for school. We can help educate and work with uh, people who are already here uh, through forms of soccer and, and other uh, athletic development you know, there's a lot of these organizations here in town, and, and we've been really limited on doing this because of our personnel and staff, but, you know, I believe that the, the higher-level soccer organizations should be going around to every school, every club, and instead of saying, hey, you know, come over here and check out our field and check out our team, they should be going to there and say, hey, this is what we're doing, this is how it's going, let me help you and give you some guidance. I know... A lot of these high school coaches now are, are starting to have coaching licenses and, and, <laughs> and edu- coaching courses. Uh, beforehand, when I was in high school, most of them didn't. So, you know, you've got the American football coach who wants to have everyone run five miles a day before practice. <laughs> yeah, that's what... the big issue. yeah, that's the big issue I see because I'm being a former high school coach. Uh, some of my former club players are coached by a football coach. Having them run like three miles is like you don't even run three miles here. You do a lot of sprints and made them do stuff that you know. Like I said, but I'm glad now that the coaching education is going, you know, to that and offering those services. So it, that's that's a great thing. It, it's it's so fan, uh, phenomenal the difference. You know, when I was playing high school, the coaches in the valley uh, frowned upon you playing club. In fact, they made you pick uh, one or the other. And, you know, they're doing everything they can to coerce the kid to quit, uh, and they're never going to cut them. And then, you know, I'm coming here to UTSA, and I'm taking these coaching courses, and we've got the athletic director from, um, I, you know, I'm not from San Antonio, so I don't know this, the district that Reagan is in, but the head Northeast, women's soccer yeah. coach. Yeah, Northeast, the head women's soccer coach uh, was the winning high school women's coach, uh, you know, she came and talked to us, and she's the athletic director, and she says, she tells the parents, if you're not playing club, your kid's not going to get very far here with us mm-hmm. because we are only limited. We're limited throughout the year how much that they can actually train them and work with them and coach them and mentor and watch them and clubs year-round. You know, the, the high school is something to spotlight the players and what they're doing. The club is what's going to get them into college. They can have a little bit of fun in, in high school, make friends, make the newspaper. But, but the club is definitely where uh, they need to be. And hearing that from a high school coach just blew my mind. <laughs> and that was in 2015. 
you know, it was very happy for me to see and, and hear. I've got friends that I played with at Shriner that are um, now high school coaches. They're, you know, extremely certified refs, and they're doing uh, – uh, they also have their coaching licenses. So uh, I see these high school programs growing. One of the things that we notice here at, at our level, you know, with the kids that aren't in college, either they went to college and they played – or they um, played for some club and, and tore their yeah. knee or something happened, is, is we're getting a lot of players that, you know, have been born and raised here, have gone through the San Antonio club system, and they don't know how to play. Their soccer IQ is pretty low. You know, they don't know how to turn and receive the ball across the front mm-hmm. of their body. Um, and, and we're going... You know, we're scratching our head, kind of going, well, you came from this club. You played there for how long? Who are your coaches? And you don't know these things? You know, we're, we're having to right now go back to a lot of the basics and, and reset everybody's old habits. And uh, we've been training now at Soccer Central for two months, trying to get ready. We, we initially wanted to kick off uh, the season this weekend on Halloween and do a home game and try to do a big trunk or treat with uh, the Juventus Academy. It doesn't look like we're going to be able to do that. Um, the season will kick off this weekend, uh, I believe, between La Real and Coyotes up in Round Rock. Mm-hmm. And then we'll play our first game next weekend. So we're, we're very excited about you know, the growth and, and the teamwork with the other clubs and the other uh, coaches and owners and trying to build the soccer community up in, in Texas and in San Antonio as well. Uh, I'm very happy with uh, a team out of Gonzales, you know, Steel Cannons. They're, Steel Cannons. they're brand they're new. Mm-hmm. They're, they're uh, trying to go ahead and, and they're, they're starting. I went out last week and, and met with uh, Greg and we looked at the field and, and to see what we needed to do to kind of bring that pitch back up. And I got to speak with people from the city and now I know that the city is very interested in backing them and supporting them how they need. You know, it's been very difficult for a lot of these clubs who are in cities like that to go to the city and say, hey, you know, we don't need any money from you. We just need you to cut the grass for the fields. And they go, no. You know, they, and so we're trying to kind of change that stigma and bring in and not just soccer and develop players and help them learn these life lessons and go to play college or pro and, or, or get a good career. Uh, you know, we're also looking at showing how soccer can bring in economic growth to the community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I look at the valuation and the net worth and, and how much these MLS teams are bringing in and they're in the red. And you're trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out why are they in the red? Uh, when you go and look at what it takes to be a professionally sanctioned uh, team and meeting uh, professional minimum standards or professional league standards, you go and look and, and, well, there's a way to make money. There's a way to make money. There's a way to make money. And these people aren't doing it. Um, if they are doing it, you know, their hands are tied to a certain extent. Well, I think we know why. It's yeah. MLS, so but yeah. we'll, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's all MLS, which, which gives me to my next point uh, to answer your question of how we got into the NSL. So my goal for, for runners has always been uh, to you know, help those who are aged out or, or fill a void that isn't there anymore. You know, most of these clubs, they're, they're youth 
Well, we're teenage teams. They go away at U14, U15. Kids are going and playing uh, high school football. Uh, they're being uh, torn between high school soccer and club if they've got a, a weird situation there. And the um, I wanted to put a team, and that's still my goal, in every league. So, you know, eventually in PSL, uh, back to UPSL, uh, NSL, P, uh, USL2, you know, and then having a professional team. And there aren't enough stepping stones for people to get used to it. If we have the facility and the teams that play at all those levels, you can move them around and there's more room for the players to play. But in, uh, in all seriousness, I was looking at the branding of NSL and they're, they've been around for a while. They're, they're definitely improving. But, you know, the name is what caught me my attention. Uh, it's the NSL, National Soccer League. So you look at these professional leagues, you've got uh, National Football League, National Basketball Association, National Hockey uh, uh, League, and then you've got Major League Soccer and Major League Baseball, and I can't remember off the top of my head if there's any more Major League Sports uh, Leagues. There's fringe ones, yes, Major League Lacrosse and, you know, the fringe ones. Right, right. So... (laughs) So if there was going to be an organization or let's say a collective group of people that were going to, um, you know, grow and and work together in an independent way, kind of like what NISA is doing, I believe that the NSL is definitely the one to do it uh, and possibly outgrow because, you know, you've got back in the past, uh, AFL turns into NFL and, uh, well, you know, the, potential. the ABA turned into the NBA or, NBA, or they merged together, yeah. Right, so there, there's always a potential for that, and everyone's pushing for promotion relegation that is uh, independent, at least, and uh, eventually that's going to be too big to ignore, and there's going to be too many people, and like what uh, a NISA commissioner said in his most recent in, uh, interview, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking at getting into uh, growing so large to where they are uh, a voice that has to be heard and they can make a difference in the U.S. soccer system. Yeah, I think I think uh, for uh, me, um, I think that is, I think the UPS, I think the USL is also trying to do that, get so big that USS can't, USF can't uh, say anything to them uh, for that here. But uh, we we will see. So speaking of that, there's two teams that have made moves. Uh, we'll start with the first one here. Uh, Round Rock to USL League Two. Um, right. I won't, I won't lie. I was a little bit shocked at that one. Um, just from my experience with them in UPSL, the on again, off again type of stuff here. Um, Austin's already got the bold. Uh, already is ha- going to have Austin FC. There's two, three. You know, there's a, there's an NPSL team now in Austin, Austin United. So, you know, Austin, you know, says they're you know soccer capital of, of Texas, and yeah, I, I still well, how that's long have, current, how, but we, we how long have they been trying to establish themselves as a soccer city, and how many times has it you know flopped? Well, but they got they got MLS, and, and you know you can argue plus or minuses how they got MLS or right, but, but, but 
Columbus and uh, San Jose, and they all had MLS too, and then they moved. Uh, Columbus they, stayed, but yes, uh, right, San Jose, well, but they they got a team back, so it'll uh-huh. be interesting. The other one, which I'm actually probably a little bit more excited about, and I'm hoping it comes through, um, is Corpus Christi FC. Uh, you know, the, the city is willing to give them uh, $1.85 million incentive to build a, a 17.2 mean uh, sports complex uh, for Westside here. I know Rafa and I kind of talked about it on the show, uh, I yeah. believe, uh, through there here. Um, for me, I'm a firm believer, you know, because it's not just um, – to me, I think everybody gets caught up in Corpus Christi, you know, moving from League 2 to, to uh, League 1. But uh-huh. to me, and kind of circling back to, you know, supporting the community, which I think is is – what I want my teams to do is support the community, whether you're MLS, you know, you know, USL, UPSL, National Soccer League, or you know, you know, WPSL, UWS, is to support the community. So, to me, my thoughts on Corpus Christi uh, moving up possibly to League One if they can get the financing for that new stadium um, and, or new new facility, and then more important, how big you know, for the Corpus Christi area would having a first-class facility like that be down there? Well, to be very honest, I don't have the slightest idea. (laughs) Uh, We played for Border Bandits, our home games, uh, for two years in Corpus uh, over there at the Padre Island or Padre Hurricanes Field Mm -hmm. because those uh, big tough guys in Austin refused to drive down. And then the following year, when Lone Stars controlled everything, uh, our home field was here in San Antonio. So we had to drive to San Antonio to have a home game because they wouldn't come further south than this. I think Rafa can uh, can agree. I can can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. So they'll have Bill Bill Witt Park. Yeah. Right. So I I uh, I worked with Texas United for some time. The PDL team out of Dallas. And I was able to go to the Jack Dugan field and, and participate with a game against Corpus Christi. And, you know, I was impressed because of their facility. And I'm comparing it to UTSA's Division One for the women's. Mm-hmm. So it, it was very nice. Um, I do think UTSA might have at the time had more stands. I haven't been to Corpus since then. And uh, all of my connections in Corpus are gone. I do think that's uh, fantastic for Corpus. I think for their uh, current uh, structure and, and model for bringing in players and, and working with the community, it'll definitely help and grow. And most importantly, it will help uh, professional soccer in the state grow because now we've got more local teams instead of just five at the tips or in the center of the state. And, you know, when it becomes an open system, and even until it becomes an open system, all these teams have quality opponents to play against or scrimmage or, you know, get prepared for their normal seasons with. And uh, this is Texas. So they should be able to do a fantastic uh, uh, pipeline with all these other clubs at these different levels here in the state. So then my final uh, question, and I'll let uh, Rafa, if he has one, um, you know, ask one as well here. So it seems like right now soccer's 30, I-35, 37, and Houston, I tend going along there. Um, do you see um, 
more expansion out west. You know, you know, I know El Paso has a few teams, but you know, you get like middle and Odessa, and I know they have an NPSL team um, out there. But do you see going to more communities like that uh, to kind of help grow um, and build, you know, build um, National Soccer League up? And I know that you know the travel <laughs> is huge here in Texas. You know, you know, to go to that side of state to go uh. up through there. I'm so tired of hearing about everybody complaining about travel. I mean, this is – in youth soccer, we did it all the time. If right. you were on the DA, there was 13 teams, and you had to go up out of state. So give me a break. I understand, you know, everyone wants to give them a, a bus or, or put them in a van and pay for it as a team. No, we carpool right now. You know, we're not a professionally sanctioned team. Until we get there, that's what we're doing. It saves costs for the club. The players can work with each other, give each other gas money, and that's not too big of a deal. My goal is statewide Premier League, you know, for those teams like Midland uh, and Gonzalez. And it's not that the soccer isn't there. It is. The right. people are there. The the fans They're just playing are in Sunday leagues right now. Right, and, and they need people – with some some knowledge to come and help with structure. You know, those kids that have never played college before, whose families, parents, they have no connections, they have no clue what they need to do. You know, a lot of those guys they're not getting told, hey, you need to call your you need to call like twenty college coaches. You know, you need to have a list of these teams and these players uh, these coaches and how to contact them, what the rules are, you know, know the info about the school. And with the same aspect of guiding those players to being able to get college scholarships or getting into college in general, you know, that's, uh, that's my goal to help these teams get situated and, and get ready to go and compete at a statewide level. And if they're not ready for the statewide level, you know, we've already got our San Antonio conference built. We've already got the Houston conference built. We continue to get, let's, let's break it down to the seven regions of Texas, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where they can play. And if, uh, Ideally, they, they do great. You know, let's let's promote them. And then the teams that, you know, can't compete or, or need to take a hiatus, you know, we can relegate them or, or actually implement a system of promotion relegation across the state because we are bigger than England right. and, and other countries in Europe who have more teams or even, you know, less teams that operate at that type of status. So, yes, travel from El Paso to Houston is, is difficult. From El Paso to, you know, the Toros is, is a big thing as well. Um, but at, at least you're not flying to, uh, you know, New Mexico every Seattle. weekend. Or <laughs> Seattle or Maine. You know, the, the way USL has West and East uh, is pretty good for now. And as they build more teams, we're probably going to have to do more conferences. Yes. So... I mean, that, that's great. And it's uh, starting off small, and it takes a very long time to build it. And like the MLS's new ad with uh, Matthew McConaughey, it's only been 25 years. <laughs> you know, look, look at all the rest of the, uh, the other leagues and, and how they went about. You've got all these new football leagues that get started and the teams do good, then the league runs out of money. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got everybody trying to start their own thing. And I know now um, there's a semi-pro basketball league. I'm sure there were a few before, but there's one blowing up here in Texas. And, uh, you know, we're uh, looking at a lot of people who are doing that and talking to friends. And, and so now it's not just 
soccer that we can work with and talk to people about ideas of how to run a semi-professional organization or work with the kids and, and players and adults to get to other places or even to have a place to play for fun at a high elite level. So you can get other feedback and ideas from different sports now. You don't need to only be with soccer. And I'm not saying go copy someone else because it doesn't necessarily work. It has to be pertaining to soccer. And that's the thing with uh, the different conferences in a national league. Uh, you know, you have to have, like, uh, like the government, some form of unilateral uh, federal, we'll call it, system. And then the states run their own way, and then, but all conform to the federal system. You can't have everybody in a different state or even a different conference in the state having completely different rules. Right. And then advancing to playoffs, how are you going to do that? So, you know, we're, we're very And then excited. changing the rules in the playoff season. But exactly. <laughs> we, we won't go there. <laughs> exactly. Let me you pour know. some salt on that one. <laughs> you know, that, those, are, uh, you know, those are some grievances as well as uh, many we've had through the, through the years. And, and the good opportunity was, you know, it, it, it seemed to be for a while, and I, and I guess I can go ahead and say this now, that unless your team was affiliated with a league official, uh, you know, you got screwed. And uh, I'm not saying, you know... You or if you were up north in Dallas, I'll just right, leave it at that. <laughs> right. And, and so if uh, if you're not going to be a part of that, you know, I, I, that was a kind of concern for me at the beginning to be a conference manager and also have a team in the conference. You know, that was, uh, to me, it's a big conflict of interest, mm -hmm. but I understand getting things going. Uh, and at least now I have some say and making sure that the rules are enforced. You know, just simply informing, uh, enforcing the rules unilaterally and, and not infringing upon someone's uh, ability to conduct business uh, or, uh, you know, hey, we're all opponents on the field, but that doesn't mean we need to be attacking each other's businesses, trying to steal them from each other or make, make sure that they fold. You know, that, that was a lot of that going on. And um, we just want to work with everyone. You know, I've said that from the beginning to all the team owners and coaches and players. Uh, call me. You know, shoot me a text. You want to talk. Uh, I, my door is always open. My phone, you know, all random hours. Uh, you know, we get back from the field late at night. It might take a while for me to get back to you in the morning. But uh, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you. And we want to work with everybody and help everybody have what they need. Uh, according to their system and vision to empower them to be successful. And uh, the thing I like to say a lot is a rising tide lifts all boats. You know, if we help everybody up and build their own soccer organizations and, and not just soccer, it helps the community, it helps the players. And, hey, in turn, you have a player that, uh, you know, played with you. He might not have gone pro, but now he's coaching or refing. And mentoring players in the same way, you learn a lot of these life lessons about discipline, teamwork, uh, working in groups. You know, you go and put someone on team and they have an issue with someone on the team and, you know, they fight or they hash it out or whatever. Well, that's no difference than being in the boardroom working on a project with somebody at the office, you know, or working with the city if you're a city official and it's a city councilman or, you know, the it's all sorts of things like that. So... Uh, it's, it's not just about soccer, it's about the big picture and, and that's why you know our values are leadership and community and, and discipline. We want everyone to be disciplined to have uh, or have the self-discipline to go out into the community and be a leader. 
And even if that is on, uh, on a small scale as a parent or a uh, brother or sister or, you know, uh, son or daughter. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's more than about soccer. And I, going to UTSA here in town and going through all the uh, public administration classes and, and the government classes and the business courses and dealing with all the businesses here in town and kind of finding out how the structure and things work here. I don't understand why soccer is not at the center of what they're pushing because it's the easiest way for them to get everyone involved. Right. And, you know, I think that was initially the goal for San Antonio FC. Uh, I know that was the goal for the Scorpions and they the did, goal for the Scorpions. and they did very well at that. And I'm not too sure what the situation is with San Antonio FC, but as everybody says, we all know that more can be done. And uh, 2020 definitely would have been the year, I guess, that they would have done it. But with going out into the community, that was a little bit hard. You can't really, you know. Yeah, this year they get a pass. Uh, yeah. Every, this every, year everybody gets a pass. There's... Everybody should get a pass. You know, we did great in the state for San Antonio. Uh, but how is us playing outside of the state? You know, that goes back to the same situation with UPSL. We're doing great in San Antonio in the heart division. But how are we doing compared yeah. to everyone else in the state? And that also goes, you know, the, you're inflaming players' egos. You know, oh, you know, we're undefeated. We beat everybody nine to zero. We score in the like the Innocentes game, in the semifinal uh, in 2018 or 19 in the spring. We scored in the first minute. Even even I went, oh, it's gonna be one of those games. <laughs> and and you know, you can see our whole mentality change, and, and because of that. You know the, the we ended up losing to uh, five two to, to one, two. right? Oh, no, no, five five to two, yeah. But um, you know, it, it, that's definitely something we're trying to keep or prevent the players from from doing and getting to. And it's kind of hard to do that when you play the same people oh, all man. the time and you're at the top of it. You know, we've got players on our team that have been the best players on every team they've ever been on in every league they've ever been on. And they're here in town. So they're the best local hometown hero. But how are they in the state? How are they at the national level? Are they even really truly good enough to go play professionally? And I think that's a good question for a lot of these guys and all of these teams. You know, where do they really stand? How do we determine where they really stand? You know, right now our basis has only been college and, uh, you know, I'll even go as far as to say NPSL and, and USL too. Those are the basis for a lot of the leagues and the organizations at our level. And, um, you know, it's, it's a closed system. It's mm -hmm. only of certain few that had certain opportunities or were truly blessed by the grace of God and had a fantastic uh, opportunity that they were able to take. And, and not everyone gets that. So in other countries, they have other routes to get there. Here, there's very little. Yes. And if that if those if that can be opened up in, in a in a non closed system, you know, where would the United States national team be right now on a world scale? Where would anyone they else be? Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So you know, we really like what what NISA is pushing for that independent club. Uh, you know, NSL is doing the same thing. 
NSL is more feasible for us right now. You know, we don't have that thir- uh, $5 million uh, minority owner that's uh, got 35% or more of the club. Yes. And um, even if we did, why would we make that jump right now? There's nobody around to play. The travel alone would kill the business. Because now you're covering team travel. Now you're paying the players. You're flying them on the planes. Now they have jet lag. Now they have to take care of their bodies more. You have bus trips like the colleges all the way to Colorado or things like that. And and that is next level stuff. Next level management for those clubs. And, um, you know, teams like runners will even say, for example, you know, we're not used to going and traveling in a statewide Premier League. You know, how is that going to affect us? Even if it's eight teams, you know, like the NPSL. So that's, um, that is one of our goals. And, and it, with everything being separate and compartmentalized, we should be able to do it uh, so long as we're not stretched with everybody trying to do everything. You know, um, we've got all these pro teams that play in all these leagues and cups and it's the same team. They're not, you know, Chelsea 2 or anything like that. And uh, they're just rotating their players. So that's kind of what we want to do and and see where we can get everybody. Uh, Our facility at Soccer Central is phenomenal. It's very impressive. It's definitely one of a kind in the world. I don't think there's anything like it in the world yet, really. Uh, with the whole training um, 92,000 square foot performance center. And that was the initial plans. They've adapted it and changed it, and it's going to be much bigger than what they originally released. So, you know, we're extremely happy for that. And we that's the professional facility that we'd like to be at. And it meets professional league standards when it's uh, completed. And so when it's completed, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the goal for runners will always be to stay at this level and, and, and fill that void. Uh, maybe it is to grow and uh, have a professional team and fill all those voids at the same time. You know, you, we don't know. We can only hope and, and have the grand vision and, and push to do everything that we want to do until we don't want to do it or we find it's not feasible uh, or too hard to do or maybe even there's a better, more efficient way. And, and that comes in with working with everybody else, you know, gaining all of their different uh, perspectives and um, secrets to success. Rafa, did you have a, a final question here? I did have one more, and it's 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 probably a pretty easy one. Uh, to be able to watch uh, NSL, uh, National Soccer League uh, uh, games here, are you guys going to be on my uh, Kuju, or is that still to be determined? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I hate my Cujo. Oh, do you? <laughs> they, they might have some weird deal with U.S. soccer where all the teams are trying to, you know, have to stream their games through them. UPSL was making it mandatory. We could stream it on any platform we wanted, but if we didn't upload it to my Cujo, we wouldn't be eligible for any types of awards or, oh. or goals of the weeks. And at a certain point, 56 hours to upload a, an hour and a half game is not worth it. Right. It's not worth the time to have the computer to do it. And we that that's how Banger of the Week came about. <laughs> you know, we're not going to get the notoriety, so we might as well do it ourselves. And uh, I've discovered that, not a, especially with COVID, the Facebook 
Facebook is the largest streaming platform. Even gamers are moving from Twitch to Facebook, and the clarity on Facebook is is a lot better. Well. We we've got uh, our cameras through Wizard Broadcasting. Mm -hmm. they, they do an outstanding in, job. And thank you. They do a 4K, 1080H uh, HD pixels, and and we film it, and we spend all this money, and have this awesome setup. And then we put it to my Cujo and it condenses it to 700 pixels and you can't even see the, the sign on the ball. You know, UPSL is printed across the ball. You can't even see it. So if we wanted to sell advertising signs for the field, how on earth? You can't gonna, see it. Yeah, we're not going to. If nobody's going to the games, you know, and the biggest thing is to sell ads or, or film it so everyone can see, then the ads, the value of the ads shoots up. Right. But, but if you can't see it, What's the, so, what's the value? There is no value. So YouTube and Facebook, we stream simultaneously because while, yes, Facebook is big and we can send push notifications to everyone saying runners are going live in five minutes, runners are live now, you know, like you get on Instagram and Facebook and all that. Uh, we have people like my parents who are watching it on YouTube because they don't have Facebook. We have people in other countries or grandparents that are watching it on YouTube because that's more efficient and easier to access than Facebook. And, um, you know, maybe we have enough views on YouTube, we might make some money from it. But, <laughs> um, you know, we uh, will be having them streamed on Facebook and YouTube, runners. Uh, I think that we're going to basically leave uh, the uh, choice up to all the teams for now. And then, you know, next year we'll probably have a uniform thing, maybe a deal with like YouTube TV for the league or something like that. Um, I'm not too sure. We are talking about a, a channel on Roku. You know, mm. we've got some connections with Roku, so uh, we could have uh, all the games, and you could go click on it and and go watch them over and over again, and, and things like that, uh, in a very good database. So it all just kind of depends on uh, how the rest of 2020 goes and what everybody's capable of doing. I know not everybody is able to uh, get such a fantastic broadcaster like we have that took us a <laughs> season and a half to find anyway i think and rival rival usl teams uh would benefit from uh, i believe you said it's whiz right uh yes. from you know from their production you know no no offense uh, to the other upsl or usl teams uh but they do an outstanding job and, and oh absolutely so uh, you know, hats off to them yeah, the the more professional we can get our uh, our live stream and everything to look like a broadcasted uh, show. You know, I'm trying to make a show. You know, when you want to have a huge entry, I don't know if you've seen the introduction we have for our current uh, games, but you know, it showcases San Antonio. You know, we want to have the the commercial bring in the intro like it's a television show where you have all the actors that are playing in it and then you come on the host and you have like the announcer and everybody's commentating like how you guys were doing it last year for us. So we're, we're building out to that with Chris and wizard broadcasting. I think we might have it now, but last I heard we were one camera short of having the entire Fox soccer and ESPN broadcasting cameras to set up. And we have the same formatting rules. So we can definitely set it up. 
uh, we've got a, a nice stand uh, at Soccer Central that's a pretty good level. And then once we add the other cameras, because we were only doing preseason right now, so we had one camera. But when we get the season going, we're, we're going to have more. And you pan from different angles, and you'll be able to see the sweat drip down their faces and the shine on their uniforms. I'm even looking at seeing if we can get some uniforms that are uh, have like a, a watermark of feathers that are reflective. So that under the light, you know, you might not see it on TV, but for the fans that are there, it'll shine. And, and just very lightly, we're, we're looking into something like that. So, um, you know, the, the camera quality is very important for me and what we're trying to build with runners. And I think that it, it increases our, our ability to have different revenue streams. And so that's something I'm definitely pushing for the other NSL teams. It might take them a bit to get it set up, but I believe that that will help everybody uh, bring in a lot more revenue than, hey, let's, uh, let's go to um, Canes and do a, a cool fundraiser where we get a percentage of everybody that goes and gives a discount. And, you know, we pull $1,200 versus uh, $12,000. And, uh, you know, that's a significant difference. If, if one of our, these clubs at this level had $12,000, you know, that, 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 covers more, that covers the whole season for us in UPSL first season. And then for the whole 2019 between both seasons, we ran through 68000 And that was mostly because of paying for the facilities as well as uh, the live stream. You know, that kicked up the cost as well to get all the equipment and and the software and stuff like that. But, you know, um, $12,000 goes a long way here at this level. And uh, that's we want to help everyone achieve that, even if they don't know how. You know, some of these guys, they're just soccer people. They're not necessarily businessmen, and they know what they're doing. They've got a great idea. They might not know about the vocabulary or, or the right people to talk to, but they know what they're doing. And those are people that just need to be like, hey, go talk to this person at the city council or with the city. Just point them in the right direction. Just give them advice, and they can do it on their own. You know, um, effort. It, it all boils down to effort and what you're willing to provide and, and what you want to do. Uh, you know, for the players, the community, and yourself. Rafa, did you have a final question before we uh, get out of here for tonight? Yeah, as far as the the future, any maybe future plans? Maybe going, um, I guess, a, like a downward expansion. Maybe going into youth, like youth teams, like like you know, any plans for that, or, or ever consideration to maybe start building up your your players up and funneling them into the you know NSL. Absolutely. So we, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. It's kind of Ross is available, by the way. Oh, well, that, 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 that's kind of a secret. Uh, you know, uh, USF D license and national youth <laughs> license and goalkeeping license. Oh, we need, we need goalkeeping license coaches. But, um, you know, that, that is definitely a plan. Uh, when, we look, when I looked at uh, building a, a soccer club in San Antonio, you know, if, where do we start? How do we continue to survive? If uh, everybody has a youth program and there's 25 different youth clubs in town, uh, where, where do I start with no reputation and, and no uh, experience and, and, and no players? So the, I decided that for our format for the men's semi-pro team that we were in UPSL was mostly going to be 21 and up. 
those guys that already played in PSL or PDL or League Two that played college that might have played pro and might be borderline there or, you know, they were there and something happened. And this is a good opportunity for them to keep playing and get back into it and go somewhere else. So when I looked at that, if everybody decided to do an adult semi-pro team, we would be safe because nobody's interested in that age group. And that's kind of why we've slowly assessed the market and, and looked at women's and, and youth and, and tried to figure out which one would be the, the best uh, avenue to expand into first. And so we've decided that would be the women's. Uh, because, you know, there's such a high demand for it. And with NCAA rules, you can only have so many uh, players from the same team playing on the same team. So, you know, more opportunity here in San Antonio would be phenomenal for the San Antonio colleges and the players coming home that are playing, you know, out of state, as well as the ones that are playing here. And eventually, yes, our plan is to get to the youth once we get the uh, adult programs taken care of, because until we get the youth done, there's no reason why we can't be some sort of adult senior feeder team for men and women like how San Antonio FC did with, uh, I believe it was SA City for a while. So Yeah, um, still affiliated with SA City uh, for that is my understanding, but yeah. Okay, great. Because yeah, I think even they did it with the Classic Elite 2 for a bit yeah. too. So any yes. final thoughts that you have here mason like i said appreciate you coming on i know it you know i was hoping you know hoping for a half hour we got you for an hour <laughs> here uh, appreciate the time and and all the knowledge from you obviously and and like i said here um i do hope to have these you know maybe not every week but you know every couple of weeks and uh i know for me personally uh you know i'll probably be bugging you for the uh, results of the games for the week since i know you're the the, the manager and you better have the results of the week if they're not no, uh, i will have so the results don't worry <laughs> bug me all you want <laughs> so uh because i'm a big believer in trying especially on social media trying to get the results out because you know at the semi-pro level any any help getting the word out uh, about the clubs and about the results can, you know, hopefully will build excitement and, and build the fan base and help the, help the clubs grow. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I want to thank you for coming on, uh, give you a final thought and give Rafa, you know, his final thought. And then, uh, you know, we'll let you go because it is Wednesday. So. <laughs> party. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, we, we do training on Monday, on Tuesday, Thursday. So we have the day off right now. Well, I do <laughs> to a certain extent. We're working on league stuff today. So, um, no, the last thing I want to say is, like you mentioned, you know, social media is huge. It's been a huge proponent of our growth. Uh, we've been able to contact people all over the world. People from all over the world are able to contact us, and, you know, we can we get back to them. I don't ignore anybody, or at least I try not to ignore anybody. If, if, if I miss things, you know, a lot of people, they, they continue to try to contact us, and eventually we'll, we're able to get to them. And so, you know, keep doing what you're doing on social media. We definitely appreciate you guys uh, covering everything, communicating with everyone, you know, uh, beating down the door to get information from people. Uh, and, and those teams that don't have social media accounts that, you know, we're really pushing for them to grow that because uh, as a business, Twitter is a great way to communicate with it's your customers. It's free. And it's free. And I it's don't free. understand that. Absolutely. You know, our Facebook, when we – put our games on Facebook from Mykujo. Our first season game last year against Corinthians, 
had 11,000 views worldwide and like 9,000 or, or maybe 4,000. I might be overestimating it. I have to look at the statistics again because it's great. They give you the statistics. I get to look down at the demographics for, you know, 13 through 17 women uh, in in South Texas or, you know, boys in uh, Africa between 33 and, and 45 in Nigeria. You know, I, I literally get that specific amount of demographic information from uh, from live streaming the games on every post that we promote or, or post anyway. So, you know, I think social media is where the free growth is for all these clubs and definitely to get people talking about soccer. I'm always on the, the club Twitter reading all of uh, all the tweets that all these other soccer people make. You know, Chris out in, in, in California, uh, I forget his last name. Harry, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Kessel or, or something like that. He's always involved. Oh, no, he's West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, but, he's, he's way on the other side. <laughs> uh, on the other side. Okay, wrong, wrong post. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I do, you know, yes. I, uh, I Chris Kessel. I all these people and connect with all these people in, in a form of like a soccer LinkedIn where I get to know what's going on or I get a little bit more inside. And, and it's not just me. It's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, I'm happy to see that everything I see you're always involved with or I've already commented on or get to, you know, quite out. <laughs> that, that can be positive or negative. <laughs> no, it, 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 either way, but, but the point is you're there. The yes. presence is there. You know, the San Antonio is, is getting around in the, in the soccer community. There was even a time when I couldn't reach the people with UPSL and they'd call you guys back, mm -hmm. but not me. So, you know, that that's how but that's it, a different story. That, that's a different story, but, but that just goes to show how much uh, they don't call us back now either. So no, well, that, that, that's but, uh, that just goes to show, you know, the, the amount of difference that, that you guys well, actually make. I should stay corrected. I, I do still have a connection with it, but the guys that uh, at that time, it's it's quiet. But um, I do have a guy that uh, I still have access to, to uh, for them here. So you right. know, just to be. And I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing. No, no, I, I understand. There's, they're, they're a good organization. They have uh, great plans in the future for what they're doing. But you know, they, they like Jan said in the article at the beginning of 2020, they're, uh, they're officially trying to establish themselves as a pro development league. You know, mm -hmm. and and we're not trying to be pro development. We're right. trying to be pro right now, and then we'll focus on the pro development after. And well, I guess it's one and the same. But um, you know, for our age. Oh, well, there's a difference. To me, there pro development to me, and, and like I said, is more going the lines of USL. You know, you're going to have USLC, USL League One, USL League Two, possibly UPSL. Where I think Nisa has gone on a different chain uh, train. Nisa was it Nisa Nation, and after conversation with you, you could kind of see possibly down the road where there might be some sort of loose affiliation uh you know with them because i do know that they're doing like the gulf uh, gulf coast premier league and, and a couple of other i think the midwest premier league where their association to where you know if you win that that you can tie into the was it the indy cup independent cup right. that they offer and then the nisa nation you know they haven't really gave a lot of details on that but there's a lot of you know to me at some point Hopefully, we'll elect somebody that can say at the federation level, it says, hey, let's bring everybody together. If MLS wants to play their own game, fine, you play your own game. But, you know, I think, you know, the lower leagues, 
it's just crazy on, on how it is. It's you know, well. It's well, here's beyond. the crazy thought: Let, let's get rid of USSF and just make it AF, the American <laughs> or, or ASF, American Soccer Federation. There's people that would like that. I have heard those rumors. I'm not it, quite to that part it's, yet. It's, it's it's like with WDOA. <laughs> I wanted to get rid of them too for a yeah. while. Well, for club well, soccer. The, the the great thing about having all these leagues and all these people doing their own thing uh, is definitely something that we weren't able to have in the past with UPSL. You know, a competing business that keeps them on their toes, that where they have to continue to adapt or die. And, you know, that happens with soccer teams all the time in every league. You know, uh, competition cultivates creativity. And... With no competition, things get stale, and you get everybody upset, and then things fold. And, you know, bringing in NSL to Texas, I don't think is going to drive people out. I think it's going to bring the competition up, and that's my goal. Well, and this is – so my biggest complaint about UPSL is it had such a great idea to start. It, in my opinion, expanded too quickly. It didn't lay that foundation. It didn't protect. It didn't protect the teams that were established. And, and you, know, you know, I'll give uh, Samba as as an example. Um, they were one of the founding members that came in, um, and you know, and even to your team, the runners when when Surf came in, or you know, Alamo City at the time. It seemed like when the new teams came in, they got that got the highlights, and the older teams got pushed down and, and to me i think that's in, in my opinion i think that's where upsl kind of dropped the ball instead of establishing the older keeping that tradition alive and working the new teams up um you know they, they saw the new teams and you know the, the shiny new car and, and highlighted those you know a little bit too much and didn't take care of the founding members that built that that foundation and wow. and i think it's kind of it kind of worked its way out right right now where what Houston, most of Houston's gone, most of San Antonio's gone. The, the, the thing that I noticed with, with UPSL and what you're talking about is uh, it wasn't that they didn't help or, or try to keep or promote those founding teams or, or those previous teams. It was that the reason that they were bringing in the new teams was to completely replace those old ones well, and force them. To to <laughs> you know, well, you know, uh, if you look at all those teams, there's at least eight in the state of Texas alone in the last two years that the business ethics and practices of the league uh, condoned, I'll use the word condoned instead of something else, um, a environment that uh, created hostility and promoted, uh, you know, that type of uh, thing to happen. And, uh, you know, th those eight teams, they're not around anymore because they did everything that they could because, well, hey, you know, that team owner might have been a problem. Why was that team owner a problem? Well, their concerns, you know, they had concerns and they were just, you know, complaining about everything. Well, why were they complaining? Was it something stupid or was it, you know, something that's a legitimate issue? And then if you have all the teams that are complaining about the same things and nothing is done, well, then who's the problem? Well, the, their attitude was the people who had the complaints were the problems and they needed to get rid of them. 
you know they weren't going to enforce the rules and and we saw that with with the change of the bracket in the, the middle playoffs, of the yeah, that was you know that that was that was one of the final straws for a lot of people for a lot and, i know and they weren't even involved there were a lot of people that that had an issue with it and i know for me and scott it was an eye opening thing on on how it changed in um you know, it was, and I know Scott's moving on, but that's something to where I think both of us kind of took a step back. And now they've changed, you know, like I said, your NSLs came on. This is going to be, you know, my baby with the lower league. So um, I want I still want to promote, promote uh, UPSL. I still think they're a quality league. I still think there's great teams, you know, surfs Absolutely. in there. I'm not saying um, they aren't. For that here. But we also got National Soccer League and. As I say, between NISA and U and USL, and, and as you mentioned here, they'll both push each other to be better, in my opinion, which is a win for everybody. And I hate to say it, there's going to be stupid, stupid politics that go between the two teams in a closed system until you actually open the system up. You're going to have leagues that jump back and forth and or teams that jump back and forth. And, you know, while I don't necessarily like it, you know, if the other league has has the better flavor that you're looking for, why are you not going to take the take the opportunity? So, right. Well, I mean, you look at Laredo Heat, who they've been in uh, PDL and in PSL and PDL and in PSL and back and forth every now and then. So they're a quality club. They've got a great organization, and, and their players don't pay to play anymore. So mm -hmm. it, that takes time, and they're just finding out the best business. Um, system for them in their community and, and as times change sometimes that changes too but rafa your final thoughts here so we can get get out of here i just wish mason good luck on the hopefully on the upcoming season hopefully get the fans hopefully some fans can go out there cheer you guys on i know he has two or four uh two of my former club america players um Who? on their on the, uh their brothers um uh Maldonado brothers. Oh yes, Joseph and Adrian. Yes, Joseph and Adrian. Yep. Yeah, I coached when I first got coached cl uh, club soccer with Club America. So I had them their first year, my first year here. Great, great, great guys. That's I'm glad awesome. to play, play for you. Adrian's over yeah. at TLU now. Uh, he we sent him over to UTRGV for a while, and um, you know they're they're going through some changes over there as well. And uh, you know Adrian's back at TLU where he was uh, originally going. And TLU is, you know, just uh, coming off that conference win. So uh, he's in a great place with a lot of great players and great staff. And, you know, we've got three or four other players on the team, like Luis Green, that are over there at mm -hmm. TLU. So we're very happy about Adrian and Joseph. And, and Joseph's been with us since day one. And, you know, we, we expect him to continue to stay and uh, see how far we can help get Adrian. So I'm happy to hear that you know him. I've got I hear great yeah. about him, and it's always great to hear from the coaches that train these guys when they were younger. Uh, you know, a little feedback and, and stuff about them. Yeah, they had great attitudes. They just like I said, props to them. Like I said, they did a lot of did a lot of great things when I when I had them when when I first started out. So I'm glad you guys you guys have them on the team. And then yeah. I'll just this final thought. Like I said, um, uh, so, uh, shout out to my dad. Happy birthday today. <laughs> Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, my dad. So shout out to him. And then also congratulations to my cousin. She just had her first first her first child uh, a day ago. Oh, had a baby wow. girl. So congratulations to her too. Any final thoughts from you, uh, Mason? 
Uh, no, just, uh, you know, I'll let you guys know, uh, if, if y'all can come to the game, hopefully, you know, we, we push the home game, uh, another two weeks so that maybe we can get bleachers there. They're <laughs> supposed to be coming in, but, uh, then the hurricane happened and during COVID and they're being shipped from Europe. So there's, uh, there's a lot of things we're waiting for, but it, it, it's coming and it, it'll be here soon. And everything will be done, you know, quicker than you know it. So we're going to have an office and everything. It's, it's, I'm just amazed. So we, we got to get you guys out there. Uh, we'll get you out there soon and, and I'll keep you posted. And hopefully we'll be setting everything up and, and doing tickets and everything for now. So my final thought here is, is like I said here, I want to, you know, say thank you to uh, Mason. Thank you to Rafa for tonight. Uh, thank you for anybody that tuned in uh, uh, for us here. Um, if you can, you know, please share it on Facebook. Please like it on on um, Twitter, and if you can click uh, like and subscribe on YouTube, YouTube, it'll help uh, grow the brand and uh, give more exposure out. Uh, like I said here, this is something that we'll do uh, hopefully fairly. You know, I'm hoping every other week uh, possibly uh, for that here. So um, I better get Scott's, uh, Scott's quote in um, to wrap up the show and uh, what's life without goals. Exactly.